0: Codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
1: it out with priority one and now your hosts
0: all right joining us this evening is george comets executive director and owner of space city con welcome to Trek it out with priority one
1: thank you Elijah I'm happy to be here
0: so tell us a little bit about space city con can you tell us a little bit about the genesis um how long you've been working on this convention
1: sure in fact today I was going over it with my friends back at Texas I remember in college going to Aggie con after a few Star Trek conventions when I was a teenager AggieCon was my best experience at at the university and I began to volunteer, I worked in the comic stores and in the gaming industry. Over the years I volunteered where I could but I never quite got what I wanted out of all the conventions and in Houston here I even have worked with some of the other cons of different kinds that they have. Rice University has an annual gaming convention and uh, kept saying I want to do this. I want to do that. And finally, some friends said, look, if you want to do it a certain way, kind of put your money where your mouth is and do it. You know, stop talking about what could be and make it happen.
0: If you build it, they will come, so to speak. Huh?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And and people who knew that my education was in marketing and that I've always worked in uh, customer service related fields and have some experience in, in events. Uh, I've worked in catering management so i've done large events before and being greek i've done greek festivals all my life so i'm used to at least two greek festivals a year at different parts of texas so it was kind of like all right and then friends stepped forward to vote with some investment and that was very easy that point to complete the decision once we incorporated in february of last year february 26 will be one year old we decided at that point to make a certain thing happen. And with five months or so to promote, we move forward as quickly as we could with a group of veterans. I gathered around uh, people who'd done conventions, people who were experts, you might say, in the comic fan side of things, in the science fiction fan side of things. I was able to reach out to people I'd made connections with over the years, Tracy and Laura Hickman of Dragonlance fame and Ravenloft fame. I was able to reach out and say, hey, it's time to bring you to Houston. R.A. Salvatore from Wizards of the Coast, who may return again this year. And the Hickmans are returning again this year. So some things we got to do there, and we picked some celebrities, got a variety, brought our hometown superhero, Jason David Frank, the Green Power Ranger, who has an incredible fan following. And he was very interactive with his fans. Got to come to his first Houston, convention. And in fact, I was so pleased, he named us his Houston hometown Comic-Con and was the first guest to confirm at the end of 2012 for 2013. It was really beautiful to be able to bring together those veterans and the fan groups, uh, people I had been in touch with for years. And I actually though was surprised how positively and how strongly people responded let me know that the need that i had identified for houston was certainly there that people wanted what i wanted and it wasn't a selfish one as a greek we do big things and we bring in our family and our friends if you've ever been to a greek wedding or a greek household on a holiday and so that same kind of energy went into space citycon and uh, people responded we had nearly two thousand people for our first year and going up against uh, some shows in other parts of Texas, other events in Houston, the last weekend of the Olympics, I or mean, all kinds of other stuff people could have chosen. But it was really amazing to see them come out. And heck, I'd swear, one-third of the people at least were in costume. And the vendors we sold out, our dealer's room, our artist alley, uh, we had many uh, gaming companies, many Texas-based gaming companies and texas-based creators of all kinds and uh, came out to show off what they could do
0: that's fantastic i'm i'm, and I'm trying not to geek out i'm a huge power ranger fan. Well, why I, I grew up with power rangers so i'm <laughs> trying we, to we... <laughs> you you no
1: you should geek out jason is one of the neatest people uh, he happens to be half greek and we didn't know that until he and i started talking we had a miscommunication with his booking agent And Jason asked permission to speak to me directly. And when he did, it created a connection between us. I understood what he wanted. Uh, I understood that he was very hands-on. You know, when I saw he went to Mexico, he went to the convention center, and he saw all these people who could not afford a ticket. And he saw the crowds that wanted to meet him. And he walked away from his handler. And he took a pen and he started signing autographs if people had something in the crowd. And someone said to him, hey, that's money you're losing. You could sell your autograph, whatever. And he said, look, these are people who I can see them. They're not gonna be able to buy the ticket. And I want to say hello to them, which really impressed me. And I saw that here in Houston. And it was amazing to me that he lives in our area, but that no one had ever invited him out to anything. And I thought it was due time that he come in, and as a kind of a thank you to celebrate this year's anniversary, Jason reached out to Catherine Sutherland, the Pink Power Ranger, and to Steve Cardenas, the Red Ranger, who, Steve Cardenas is a martial arts master, just like Jason is, so Jason is bringing his three martial arts schools from this region, and he and Steve and many of these very skilled martial artists and a lot of amazing children, are going to come out and do some karate classes and demos. So it it was something to me extra special. After all, our charity of choice is kids need to read. We didn't pick them just because Nathan Fillion founded them, but rather we were impressed with the work that they do, not just with libraries and with literacy, but the school districts that have incorporated their reading comprehension programs have seen an instant improvement in reading comprehension. And the people who compose Kids Need to Read are not only wonderful geeks and nerds like the rest of us, but they are PhD educators, and they're so down-to-earth people. So when we brought them here, we took a chance at that. Somebody said, you know, just collect money for the charity, put a jar out there, you know, give a dollar from every ticket or something. And we chose instead to bring them to Houston And to put them here where people could walk up and talk to them and interact with them. And that was very special. And we are even starting to work. I had a meeting just before the holidays with the Houston Independent School District. Although we're the fourth largest city in the United States, we're, I think, the second largest school district in geographical area. And so we're starting to work with them and to perhaps plan some parent-teacher events with the charity in relation with Kids Need to Read so that that same inspiration is passed on. And I guess I would say I'm hiding education inside of entertainment, because if you talk to people who are, let's say, maybe mid-20s and older, and I'm just about 46, so people through their 50s and 60s, they got their start reading comic books or Star Trek novels by Alan Dean Foster or D&D books, and their vocabulary and their comprehension grew from those places. So we think we can trick the younger generation into reading a little bit more, even if it's from the
0: comic book. And You know, with tablets and, and everything all handheld, and now electronic, it's easier to get them to do so. Uh,
1: very much so, very much so. A lot of people ask me, why didn't you launch a non-profit or a not-for-profit? But the best answer to that is we wanted to be a corporation that could stand on its own after so many years. We didn't expect to like win the lotto with it. And we were willing to put some blood, sweat, and tears for the first few years if that's what it required. But to get it off the ground, and it really, I, I have to say, I, I'm not at all bragging. I'm still sit back and look at the fact that we broke even for 2012. And this it was amazing. um There were enough challenges that we thought, okay, we're going to. Be in the red a little bit. We have to make it up next year. But at the end of all, we broke even and we said, man, we have enough fumes left to put the seeds down for 2013. And we were able to connect immediately through a couple of our guests with the larger Star Trek community. Within a week, we had our first, I should say after, after Jason, we had our second guest already planning. And then the Star Trek Renegades project which I think is really exciting, that was announced. And we had just been talking to Manu and Toremi at that point. And I said to Manu, it would be really cool if this project makes its Kickstarter. But you know what? I said, Manu, I met Walter Koenig years ago at Agicon. Let's bring Walter to Houston. And he said, well, how about Tim Russ too? He's the director. So within a few minutes, we had our first three Star Trek guests. And they began to open the door for us to these other people. There was a wrestling over John DeLancey because John is now wanted in the brony community. And uh, we had a young man who came to our convention, his first convention ever, and was inspired and decided to launch a brony convention. We gave him some advice and said, maybe you want to watch a few more years and see what happens. But... uh, he decided to go ahead and launch a show. Uh, At that point, there became a friendly competition. Who could get John Delancey first? But we'd already initiated that process, and John signed on with us. And as we saw the cast members announced for the renegades, uh, at least those people, I should say, proposed cast members, because, of course, that made its Kickstarter very well, but it hasn't been filmed yet. People like Adrian Wilkinson, who is best known in the world for her role as the daughter of xena as livia or eve and is very well known in the video gaming community as the dual lightsaber wielding maris brood from the power of the force games so it was neat to see her cast in the role of the captain of the renegades and a lot of us think after captain janeway we needed another female star trek captain that was very exciting one of our volunteers from last year was very dynamic is the Klingon fan club quadrant commander for the south part of the United States. So a quarter of the fan clubs that are Klingon-based are under the sky now. And he said, George, you better find a Klingon guest because I think we deserve that. And I said, all right, well, J.G. Hertzler was just cast in Renegades, so let's bring in J.G. And it was very nice. And then as I spoke to the agents that represent Robert Picardo... They said, hey, do you want him to come in? And I said, well, I don't know if this year, maybe next year. And Bob wanted to come down and came back at us and said, look, who's your MC? You need a celebrity MC to put a face to your show. It was an astounding idea. And, you know, as you said a second ago, we geek out over things like that. Wow, how cool. So we immediately said yes to Bob Picardo. We also got Tori Higginson. So we have like now both commanders of Stargate Atlantis, a robust Star Trek cast, I believe. And if Renegades gets filmed in May and June, like their proposed schedule says, Tim Russ, the director, will probably bring us perhaps even some of the very first footage. Again, I'm not bragging, we're trying to see if we can have a special Renegades premiere event of course, the whole project won't be done. There's a lot of special effects and music and editing, but perhaps some of the first clips from that series. We had met with the fellows that were working on the Enterprise D reconstruction project in Austin and found that Mr. Huddleston was from Houston originally. And uh, we began to dialogue. And as they made their Kickstarter, he and I had already been talking. And we saw how far their schedule looked like it would progress with some of the like tactical station and the captain's chair and things being completed. And of course, now the momentum for their project is so incredible, it looks like they're going to end up with a Star Trek museum, not just the bridge. So we definitely wanted to show them off. And so we added them to our roster and that should be a lot of fun because we Star Trek fans are pretty forgiving. You know, you could put Walter Koenig from the original series in a Captain Picard's captain chair, and people will still love taking a picture with it, I think. And uh, I certainly wouldn't mind that. So, in fact, the first time I met Walter, they had a mock-up of the original bridge console at Agicon, and he was signing on that console. And if they had not already made plans, we almost kidnapped him to take him to dinner, which would have been really great. But now I'll get my opportunity you know, some 25 years
0: later. That's really exciting, and I just want to confirm for our listeners that all of these guests that you're mentioning now are for the 2013 Space City Convention, correct?
1: That's correct. That right. is Excellent. Correct. We, That's have, we have a dozen guests confirmed from the media side of things we have talked to, and it is 99% done with David Gerald. That's not announced yet, and it's not a secret. We just have to make sure his schedule is absolutely clear, because the next weekend, of course, is Vegas, but it looks like David's going to be joining us to do some writers' workshops, just like the Hickmans offer for us. And we have more guests we're working on. Obviously, people look for comic artists and creators, and there are many from here in Texas that will likely be coming back that were here in 2012, but it's peculiar. The Hollywood guests are willing to really make their plans early most of the comic people told me, hey, I'll let you know in January and February. So I'm sure we will be announcing guests for the next few months as those people make their confirmations. For someone my age who remembers, you might say the precursors to what is now current day Japanese animation craze in America, Robotech, the Harmony Gold Robotech people are going to be guests of our show and they will be running panels the entire weekend, and they bring usually a lot of goodies and giveaways, and they show episodes, and there's, of course, still momentum in Robotech. We're very excited to get those people in here. It's a beautiful mixture of uh, a lot of elements. In some ways, if you just glance at what we're doing, you might say, hey, they're just a Star Trek convention, but we're a lot more than that, and we're trying to offer a pop culture mix there. And heck, if I can get them, I'll bring in fantasy people. One of the things we're trying really hard, we have an offer from Sylvester McCoy, of course, who is the seventh Doctor Who, 50 years of Doctor Who this year, that's being celebrated. Plus, Sylvester's now even better known probably in the world as Radagast the Brown from The Hobbit. But the opportunity came at the end of all of the guests that we had in place already. So it's going to be a toss up like if we find sponsorship, we may be able to bring Sylvester in as well. That one's not confirmed yet. It's more of a wish I have to see him before everybody else grabs him up because I know his calendar for 2013 is filling up very quickly.
0: And we'll talk about sponsorship in a moment. But first thing I want to say is if you get anybody from the Matrix, you'll have Star Trek you'll have Power Rangers, and you'll have Matrix, which is like the top three yeah. best franchises for me personally, <laughs> I will walk to Texas, to Houston, Texas. Just so so I you're, can... say,
1: you're saying I don't have you yet. All right, can get, get to work on it. <laughs> get,
0: some, get somebody from the Matrix, and I will walk to Texas.
1: And you know, there's it's very important for us, I always make notes to expand the core, because with no criticism to any agents or any other conventions, in the last few years, I've seen kind of a core of guests, I mean, and a core like 40 or 50 actors, but they kind of go to all the shows. And I didn't want to do that either. Being a Greek, saw Marina Sirtis in Austin, and Marina says, now that you've launched your con, when are you inviting me to Houston? I said, well, Marina, you've been in the area, you're here at Austin, give me a year or two. And she says, you better get me down there. you know." But the, the Next Generation cast has just finished touring all over the country for their 25th anniversary. So I said, Marina, give me one more year, maybe, and we'll bring you back to Houston. So it's a matter of wanting some new variety to give people a chance. Like, I probably would have brought in Adrian Wilkinson the moment I knew she was available for being a Xena guest, for being a Star Wars video game guest, because this past year we had Joseph Gett, who will be better known after Star Trek Into Darkness comes out. You know, he played a frost giant in Thor, and he was the body actor for Kratos in God of War. But people really liked that. Some people came to me and said, that's so awesome that you brought a video game actor. And I was like, okay, I didn't think you'd enjoy it that much. But So it's a matter of, as we grow, to touch all of those areas. Because there are fans of every kind of pop culture, sci-fi, even if it just barely falls under that umbrella. Some of us want to meet those people. We want to spend time with them and interact. So I'm glad you said the matrix. That goes on my wish list.
0: (laughs) I want to go back a moment. And you said in the beginning you were trying to create something that was lacking from the other events that you had been to. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? What is it that you're trying to create here?
1: I don't think that we are reinventing the wheel. What we do want to accomplish is the intimacy to bring those guests here and give the fans an experience where they walk away and say, I got to spend X number of hours with this guest who I have always loved in this series. For instance, one of the things we're going to have this year is what we call a backstage event. And every single person who purchases any level of membership to the convention, that's Texas Ease, by the way, in Texas, if you sell memberships, it's a different thing than selling tickets, you know, so we're going to keep saying memberships, but every person who purchases any level of membership, it does not have to be a VIP gets to choose one of the guests and their name goes into a raffle. And on Friday, at the end of the day, when the, the day the convention opens, we're going to draw from each of those guests. We're going to choose a couple of names and those people, are going to win the opportunity to sit down with that guest face to face for 15 or 20 minutes after their Q&A and spend that time face to face as a very small captive audience. We did this last year. It was very successful. We had a VIP guest reception, where before the convention even started, we invited our VIPs, select members, of the fan clubs that were the strongest in support, a couple of people from the media, but we didn't really make it a public event. And we had this reception where it was just very relaxing and people could have a drink and sit down and talk, just face to face. We didn't have autographs there. We didn't have cameras going off. We had just people talking to people and it created an excitement for the next day. One of the other things I do I guess I, I shouldn't say, it. it's kind of one of my secrets, but uh we have NASA Space Center here, and we like to share NASA with our guests. You know, Bob Picardo's a member of the Planetary Society, and it will be my honor to take Bob to NASA before the convention, so we can treat him to show off Houston, Texas to these people, some of which have never been here. So it's those kind of things, those down-to-earth human intimacy things that we're trying to incorporate as much as possible into the convention. And uh, that's why I was so excited when Bob said to be a celebrity MC, because it will create a relationship with Bob for us for many years. I already know we will invite him back again and again to do that, to get to know our town, to get to know our show. To me, what a wonderful idea. I don't like what I would call bullpen conventions, where there are thousands of people running through a line. They get two seconds to say hello. They hand their money over. There's an autograph signed, and that's it. Obviously, the selling of autographs is part of what funds the appearance of celebrities. You can't right now get around that. But if you're going to have that, to have more photo sessions, to have more Q&A, to have more time where you can create some kind of events, a dinner event, a small group dinner, not like 100 people in a room with one guest that has to walk around for two seconds to every table, but maybe 10 or 20 people who get to sit down and have Saturday dinner with Walter Koenig. And to me, those create potential opportunities, I hope, for the attendees to enjoy the human nature of the guest, and the guest to enjoy the fans as human beings. Of course, we have to make sure there's not a couple of interesting people in those groups, but we had a very good crowd for 2012, and I trust the Texans I know, and we certainly want to bring in everyone from out of state and show off Texas to those people. So you better come down here.
0: Thank you for the invitation. Listen, you don't have to get the Matrix. You already have guests that I would love to sit down as Jason David Frank. I mean, come on. He's a Green Ranger. I I, I would love to meet him. I have to
1: tell you, if you're a Jason fan, you need to keep him in your prayers on January 17th. If you haven't seen already on our newsletter, on his Facebook site, Jason decided to go after a world record. There's a world record for the number of one-inch pine boards that were broken in a free fall. It was set a few years ago, and I think it's only two. And he loves to skydive, and he decided to pursue this record. And he's been training in wind tunnels from a harness. He has jumped out of the plane. You know, he's not casual about his training, and he's almost 40 years old. So he's in superb shape. And as far as I understand, he's doing quite well in the test runs so on the 17th about noon there's a skyland space dive place out in north part of houston and he's going to go out there and have the guinness book people with their cameras and jason's going to leap out of that plane and try to shatter those boards and all it takes is three to get the new world record but if i know jason he's going to go for five or six to try to make sure it's far and beyond that no one's gonna catch up. So uh but it's been very exciting. We're able to uh, share some friends at the Houston Chronicle paper with him last week and they got to do an article in the paper. So we're kinda getting excited. It's he's our hometown superhero and a very, very personable celebrity. One of the nicest people you will ever meet. He even grabbed me and dragged me to the professional photographer and taught me how to do a Power Rangers, you know, fist punch correctly. And uh, so we have a picture where the two of us are doing its Morphin time. And that was really awesome. It's gonna be cool to see him. I really hope he makes it. I think it's going to be, uh,
0: if anyone could do it, Jason could do it. That's awesome, that is fantastic. Very cool. What did you learn from the first Space City Con that you're trying to apply now this coming year?
1: I learned that we have to be even tighter with our scheduling. I learned that we started in a particular hotel And uh, we did it so that we could offer free parking. That was another of my desires. I wanted a place because I was a college student once and I knew how tough it was to pay for conventions. So I wanted to choose a facility that at least the people didn't have to pay for parking. But we chose a a beautiful hotel inside of a giant mall. And uh, although the parking was free and the guests didn't complain, there were a lot of logistical issues. So this time, we moved to a pair of hotels. The The main host hotel is just as big, and we added a second hotel. And both of them have everything on the first floor, and the parking is like right there around the building, so it's very easy to get to. I learned that I wanted to make sure that both hotels had a restaurant inside of them and a bar so that you could have evening events and people could relax and network together. So we chose the new facility for that. And just a few nips and tweaks about when certain things were scheduled, professional photo ops. Sometimes it's just a learning process, how quickly a photographer has to print those pictures so the person can take the photo they just took over to the guest and have it autographed before the show is over. They can't wait around for three weeks like a wedding photographer and they send you a CD and you pick your favorite poses or something like that. It's going to be point and click and print. And they have to still be beautiful professional shots. So besides that, if anything, I learned I want to embrace more fan groups. That is the jewel of what I have done the last few years. The people I have met by approaching the costume fan groups, people who say, I'm a Texas Ghostbuster. I am the Texas Power Rangers group. I am the local Star Trek fan club. These are the zealots. In fact, one of my favorite stories from 2012, and I'm going to try to find another one for this year, I found the Harry Potter group that had never been invited to anything in Houston. And I talked to them, and I got them excited, and they came out. And they put up a Diagon Alley wall, and they had spiders taped to the floor leading people to their booth. They were every one of them in costume. And they were the most dynamic, incredible people. And they probably doubled the size of their fan group because of the people they met at the convention who said, I've never known you existed. That is gold to me. If someone can walk away with a memory and said, I met these people, I made new friends because of your show. That's all I want to hear. It really is. And that probably doesn't answer your question 100%. I don't want to sound like we didn't have issues but our volunteers were fantastic. As I said before, I chose veteran people who had worked conventions, so I didn't have to teach all of my staff how to run a convention. In fact, we ran registration on two iPads, and uh, people couldn't believe it, and we had no line the whole weekend. It flew it through. So the technology that we were talking about earlier of the pads and the tablets, uh, we put it to use. We said, hey, you know what? The cameras on these things can check in a barcode or QR code in a second. And we were just checking the people in you know, as fast as we could. The one thing I eliminated from 2012 to 2013, and I may put back someday, we had an art expo where we sold display space to an artist that could come and put their work up and have it auctioned off. It just didn't logistically fit with everything else we were doing, the floor space did not generate revenue in relation to how much space it took up. And that's sad because I love to encourage these artists, but our artist alley and include small press in our artist alley is bigger this year. So I hope those people can sell their wares that way. We have a lot of talented people here in Texas and we had a lot of happy vendors. I guess we wanna offer better internet service But hotels are notorious for having poor internet service. But as everybody goes to, you know, having a hotspot on their Android phone or their iPhone and being able to hook their tablet to it, who needs to pay the hotel for internet? I guess the final thing I would like to add is to use that technology to uh, either create tablet apps, phone apps, and so forth. I don't know if we'll accomplish it this year, but there's enough tech-savvy people in the geek community. I mean, geeks are usually intelligent people, and uh, to, to some apps where people can tweet during the show and get on, on their phone and see where the schedule is. You know, everybody doesn't have to carry out a paper copy of the program book, especially if there's a change last minute. They don't have to go to registration and look for the wipe off board and say what changed. They just turn on the app and it's immediately feeding information to them. And that's our goal. Again, I don't know if that will be accomplished this year, but we're certainly working on it.
0: That's really exciting. And it's good to see that you're doing your best to utilize the technology available, like you said, those tablets and just being able to easily scan those.
1: If you come to Houston and and you know NASA's here, and it's called Space City Con, and you have like stone tablets, everybody's going. This is a Dark Ages con, you know, they they have to kind of stay cutting edge, if possible. Is he
0: using a clipboard and pencil? What? Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like our badges this year, I was not specific enough in 2012. What I wanted from the printer, I thought they understood me. And the badge was a very light cardstock. And it's meant to be something that people had a surface they could write and sign on and so forth. It didn't happen correctly because... The cardstock was too light, so a lot of the badges were tearing off the lanyards, you know, little stuff like that, where you say, oh, no, nope, I have to make that better technology.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a, a growing learning experience as the decades go by. I'm going to say decades because this sounds like an awesome project that I would love to have the opportunity of uh, visiting one year. Now, we mentioned earlier a little bit about sponsorships. How do you get these guests to come in and I guess the, the a bit of the finances behind it?
1: The most common way that you gain a celebrity guest is you first have to track down their representation. Once in a while you get that because a previous guest is happy and they say, I'm going to tell my friend so-and-so. And and then the person they tell sends their agent to you. But uh, they usually will appear for either a guarantee, which means you say to them, you will make this many dollars in your Revenue generating activities, autograph sales or uh, photo ops or VIP events, or they may ask for an appearance fee, a flat X dollars, or they may ask for combination. They may say, I want a minimum appearance fee of this many dollars, and I want to make at least as much more. If it's a guarantee, of course, the convention has to pay uh, some of that beforehand, along with their travel expenses, and then... uh, to pay whatever's left of the guarantee if they don't make it at the show. So that's the gamble really to say, if this actor has a guarantee of $5,000, can they make that much? Or am I willing to spend part or all of that just to bring them to the show? So a younger convention, a smaller show has to make a gamble on the celebrities dollars that they bring in with those sales. And that's just the truth of it. I don't think there's anything secret about that. Anyone who investigates the industry will find some version of that scenario going on. And we are certainly not huge and established for so many years like a creation that, you know, is an official Paramount Star Trek event because they've paid for that license. But at the same time, hopefully we're not charging as much as they are. And we can make a more economic experience for the fan. And like I said, heck, the parking's free. The hotel rooms are at a great price. We've tried to get all those things as inexpensive as possible to make the experience good and to try to offer some perks, like I said earlier, to create an intimacy with those celebrities. Now, if we had, let's say, Best Buy Electronics that said, we would like to sponsor Walter Koenig, we would certainly encourage that unless someone else had spoken for that person before. So we could have a sponsor choose one celebrity, or to choose to be a media sponsor of the convention at certain levels, and have their name associated with absolutely everything that has to do with that guest. They also would, in a sense, own the uh, media interviews or some of the photos with that guest. They wouldn't control him completely, but, they would get some perks for that. They might get some uh, passes for their corporation. They might include uh, lanyards with their name on it and our name on it as part of the package. You know, something like that could do it. And if there are companies like that, which if you look at New York City Comic Con, you see sometimes, you know, Sprint, Verizon, at and I'm sure they get many, many perks out of that. And you see their name on all the signage, all the backdrops, everything like that. So, Space CityCon is open for those opportunities, and we certainly pursue them. But we know that we want things to happen regardless of the sponsorships or not. In a perfect world, you get a couple of sponsors. In a world that's more realistic, you may not get them. And so, you budget based on what you think you can afford, and certainly you drive your promotion. We have been promoting Space CityCon 2013 from the moment 2012 ended, and uh, as I said earlier, we had some of the guests started to talk to them within a week after this past year's show. So,
0: I guess my next question is: If let's say one of our listeners is a business owner, how can they reach out to you to, to sponsor, and you know, how can they get there? It's very
1: simple. I take those directly, starting with my email, and my email simply George. G-E-O-R-G-E, at com. It's on our website as well. And because we have our hands on our show, because we are not controlled by, let's say, a corporate board of directors, uh, we have an investor board that makes less decisions. But we have the flexibility that if an investor says, I would kind of like this perk, or I would like to do this, or I want a piece of this celebrity, exchange for one day with them, or I'd like to see if I could get them to come out and have lunch with my you know something something unique then we're willing to discuss that so it's not just a matter of saying blindly give us X dollars we slap your name on the website and you're done no way I believe that our sponsors are just as important as our celebrity guests they're just as important as our VIP membership holders they're just as important as the average walk-through-the-door person who shows up for one day. And there are some people who've come in with the idea that they want to sponsor, gotten an understanding of sometimes the dollars that might be involved, and maybe ended up offering to be an investor or something like that. We are not taking tons of investors because we're satisfied with what we have, although those tend to be smaller dollar buy-ins maybe than owning a celebrity, if that makes sense. But again, if I get 25 people who all want to put a piece in and bring Sylvester McCoy here to Houston, I'm going to work with those people. I'm going to meet them halfway. If they only get me part of the way to bring him here and we think we can do the rest, we're going to do that. It's just a matter of the reality of saying, all right, I've got 12 guests already. That's 12 plane flights plus their agents, plus their hotel rooms, plus their meals. So yes, there are some costs already that we're facing. And if we get an opportunity, let's say Mr. Amel from the new Arrow series says, hey, I'd like to come to Houston. I can't just say, okay, well, come on. And I have to really think about that and say, I'd love to bring you, but your fee may be higher than what's left in the budget this year. And that's again, where a sponsor may say, well, you know what? I'm a huge fan of the matrix. And if you ever bring a Matrix actor in, I'll get a board with the pay, you know, put a check in. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. But uh, I've had a few that way that tried to bring their own specific guests. Like I was joking earlier, the Klingon guest. I wanted to see J.G. Hertzler here for forever. He's got a great reputation as a convention guest. And I just think it's a heck of a lot of fun to have an actor who's still willing to put on the Klingon makeup and costume at some shows i know that bob Riley had wanted to come in too and i said let me maybe bring another year i said you're not in renegade yet i said maybe if they cast you i'll bring you and he laughed and he said okay all right i'll take a red check because they help each other i think get into makeup and then they run around as gowron and martok the whole convention which is incredible those are the kind of celebrities i think every one of us wants to meet because you'll never forget them right all Right.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'd like to wrap up a little bit, but but first to open the, the mic to you to see if there's anything you'd like to let our audience know. For instance, what's the website? How can they sign up? How can they perhaps volunteer if there are positions open? And again, anything that you'd like to inform our, our audience?
1: Our website is easy. Just www.spacecitycon, all one word, .com. That throws people sometimes, the con.com. There are tabs there, you can find registration, you can find VIP events and memberships. Some of the VIP events include dinner or some meet and greet events. There are one or two VIP events that are still in planning stages that will be announced when we're done planning them, and I wish I could give a better timetable than that. We will continue to add to some of the packages. If I get another actor from Renegades or Power Rangers, the current VIP package that's like a group Power Rangers or group renegades, it's going to stay like it is. There's a pass on there that has where you can, you get kind have of an all-star access where you get a signature from every media guest at the con. So the price of that is staying static. It's not changing. Uh, but if we add guests, you get their autograph too, added to that package. So there's a place on there that donations can be made for kids need to read. The reason we chose to capture dollar amounts, People wanted to offer books, but there is a very difficult to ship books from Houston to Arizona and to have these people lugging them around in boxes of their luggage. So they declined books unless you ship them yourself, you know, not to gather them at the convention. There is a masquerade event that is a costumed judging of people who've made their own costumes and some beautiful costumes we had last year. We're looking forward to probably three or four times as many entrants this year. And there's prizes. We had some uh, medallion awards and some crystal trophies that were just out of this world. So I think uh, I look forward to this year's costume. We're working with a couple of musical groups to have some, some events like that. There's a potential for a live art event, which has not been uh, completed yet. So some of our artists may do something like that last year they tried to do a a draw a pony for a brony a fundraiser because the bronies had their fan club table for their first time at a houston show but that didn't come together soon enough so maybe it will this year we'll see and really i just encourage people to come to houston texas and see what texas hospitality is like i think that uh, at least speaking for my staff for our vendors for our team There was a very warm and intimate and fun event and a lot of new friendships were made and still growing these people still connect with each other so i think we can offer that to as many of the people who come from wherever they come from this year and you know get to meet jason david frank and things like that (laughs) so yeah it's really good i can't say much more because you've given me the opportunity to express all of our dream and our vision and I really appreciate that. I think you can tell it's something that we're very excited about. Mm -hmm. It's very near and dear to us, and it's certainly not just a business. I mean, you know, this is in a way our American dream to be able to work in this industry. Like I said, the con's not a year old, and I have met some of the most incredible people. I have established some new friendships that will last the rest of my life, and I can't wait to see what the future brings because uh, there's some really awesome people out there. And this is our first chance to drag them home, to bring them to our home and to play host to those people.
0: Well, George, thank you so very much for stopping by and joining us here at Priority One. We wish you the best and hopefully we'll see you at, uh, at Space City Con.
1: Thank you, thank you. We look forward to seeing you there.
0: This just in. Sylvester McCoy has been confirmed as a guest at Space City Con in Houston, Texas. McCoy is best known for his role as the seventh doctor in the long-running science fiction television series, Doctor Who. He most currently portrayed the wizard Radagast the Brown in Peter Jackson's film adaptation, The Hobbit. So for all you Doctor Who and Lord of the Rings fans, be sure to check out the convention later this year.